0: It's The Rendezvous with Simon Marcel.
1: Bonjour et bonsoir, Simon Marcel. Welcome to The Rendezvous. The accent is French. And by the way, it's French from Paris. I said that to you because I was at the Apple store uh, back in Akron, Ohio. And then two uh, wonderful uh, sales girls were talking and they recognized the show because I'm on WKDD. WKDD. 98-1 over there, and so they recognized the accent and then one laugh, I said, why are you laughing? She said, oh, I didn't picture you, you know, because I'm 6'2", and one of the sales girls said, oh, I thought you were that petite man from Belgium with a moustache like Inspector Clouseau. I said, I, I could have been, but no, I'm not, I'm from Paris. And she said, oh, I had no idea. I said, so maybe I should say it more often. Uh, I am from Paris. And if you want to know what I look like, so if you meet me, you're not that surprised. You just go to TheRendezVousShow.com and take a look at your humble servant. And then, you know, if you meet me, I'm always happy to say hi and bonjour. And if you have a question about love and relationships, well, then dial in 855-905-8255. If you have a doubt or a question in your relationship, don't doubt any longer. Just call me 855-905-8255. Bonjour Val.
2: Bonjour, Simon.
1: Bonjour, Val. Welcome to the rendezvous. How can I help you tonight?
2: Thank you. Um, I have been married once before i had a very short marriage i just didn't marry the right guy <laughs> okay. and um, now i have actually met my soulmate um, and Oh, and i am good. so very yeah oh i'm so happy he's just it, it's interesting when you know you didn't have the one and then when you find the one you're very very sure of that so that's you know pretty cool so my problem is um is that he wants a big wedding Okay. And since this is my second, like, I wonder what people will think. Oh, here she goes again. You know, she already did this once and she's going to do all the whole, you know, the dress and the the reception mm-hmm. and everything. So I was wondering if you could help me kind of process that.
1: <laughs> okay, Val. So um, before I answer, what do you think is, is more important on that day? The happiness of you and your fiancé or the discomfort or the deja vu of the rest of friends and families?
2: Definitely our happiness, especially Mm -hmm. his. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yes.
1: (laughs) Well, that that answers the question, right? Because this is you guys' wedding. The rest of the world does not matter. It's number one your day. Family and friends are here to support they don't have to come up they can't that's a different story, but I'm on your side I'm on the side of true love true commitment and I love marriages and and those celebrations So I think Val really put any guilt you have away Just have as much fun as you want as he wants make it something for him and for you memorable but something you feel comfortable in, too. You know, it's your wedding, too. It's not just his, even though it's your second one, but it's a different one. And like you said, you found the one, and that makes me super happy. So please don't worry anymore about family and friends. The only thing that matters when you get married is you and your partner's celebration. The rest, they can either, you know, be there or not. It's you day, guys.
2: Well, that makes me feel so good. Thank you,
1: Cyrus. (laughs) You're most welcome,
2: I think in my heart of hearts, I kind of knew that. But it just so helps to have someone who's not a friend or a family member, someone who is objective and and can see it from the outside to sort of point that out. Uh And I do thank you for that. That's awesome. You're,
1: You're most welcome. Thank you so much. Congratulations. Enjoy and have a good night. Thank you. So if you're about to get married, how much time should you spend thinking about also the comfort of your friends and families and everybody coming to your wedding? Let's talk about that next. Say you're about to get married and you start to think about all the people you should invite, you know, like how much do you really care? Because this list, as you know, can be endless. People know people, know people, friends of people, friends of family, friends of friends, and so on. So how much when you're about to get married, should you really pay attention to everybody who's coming? And then where is the the red line? Where is the stop line to this you know, movement of love and friendship, but can be a very costly and two, also very disturbing and stressful. And my answer to that is next. So stay with me. So where would you draw the line if you're about to get married and you and your fiancé want to invite everybody, right? So because, you know, that's the thing with weddings. Everybody wants to invite friends, families, and they have friends themselves and it never ends. So where do you draw the line without any guilt any regrets, and any form of second thoughts. Don't worry about the rest of the world, please. Worry about yourself, immediate family, close friends. After that, trust me on this one, it's your happiness that we all have to celebrate. It's not the fact that we're invited or not. It's that you guys will have the best day of your life. And that's the mentality I would like you to have if you have to make the decision who we're inviting, who we're not, what to do, think of you selfishly first. This is your day. This is your celebration. It's all about you. And we here are here for you the way you want it. That's my advice on this. You call the next 855-905-8255. If you have a question for me about your relationship, dial 855-905-8255. Bonjour, Jesse, What's going on?
3: Bonjour, Simon. I've been in a relationship uh, with my Boyfriend for about four years, and a lot of things are really good. He's a he's a good guy. I love him. Well, we plan to get married. It's just we have communication issues, like every couple does. And one thing that I find so frustrating, I actually read a term called "what about ism," which <laughs> like. You know, like, I'll say something like, well, I don't appreciate the way you just said that. Or why did you get so mad? And then he says, well, what about the way you do this? Or, you know, he turns it back around or he says, well, I wouldn't get mad if you didn't say it. And it's not abusive or anything. It's just it's like, you know, take some responsibility. So I don't don't know how to communicate that because it never goes over well.
1: I see. So he never admits that he's doing wrong right that uh, so it's always you did this I, it's never i sorry sorry he can he doesn't know how to say i'm sorry
3: no he does say he's sorry and it's not that he never admits he's wrong it's just that he's actually said uh that he thinks i'm about 80% responsible for all of our arguments and fights and that if only i wouldn't say this that and the other then he wouldn't even get mad and that makes me so mad
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I just, I got to ask you, do you think it's true you're responsible for 80% of the argument and the problems?
3: I might get annoyed by more things, so okay. then that might lead to more arguments, but I feel very defensive when he says that I'm mostly responsible. To, you know, nobody's perfect. I mean, couples are both sure. in there sure. together.
1: <laughs> How about this strategy? How about next time he answers something like this? I would like you not to answer anything and go silence for a while. So don't answer an aggression by an aggression. Answer an aggression by silence and distance.
3: Hmm. Well, Simon, that's something I rarely do. <laughs> well, it.
1: we' gotta try peace in the house. So yeah. answering an aggression by an aggression escalates everything to a war.
3: Yeah, that's true.
1: So I would like you, since you know you may be the more grown up of the two, to step back <laughs> and you know, it's like, okay, time out. I breathe, okay. I take a walk, I do something else, and maybe the next day we address the argument.
3: Well the other thing is that when he has some time to cool off, he comes back and says, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that or you know, so I think that space is a good idea. So thank you.
1: You most well I didn't know that, but I feel we're right on then. That's a good indication that the strategy of no aggression after an aggression will work. Listen, Jesse, good luck to you. Thank you so much for calling. I think you're on the right path and now you know what to do.
3: Thank you so much.
1: Communication and timing. Let's talk about that next. Communication and timing. Two pieces of the love puzzle of all our relationships that is key. So when to say what and when not to say what. So when to say what. So for instance, we just talked about you have an argument, you want to be right, you think you're right, you know you're right, and you want your partner to say, you know what, you're right. But that is not the right approach because think about it for a sec. If you're the partner, admitting that you're wrong, it's always difficult. So how about we give a little breather and we say now, instead of you know, getting the point armored or repeated over and over, we say it one time and we don't care to win the argument. We just want to be heard. That is the key. So now you've taken a little distance, a little breather, you relax. What is the next constructive step for your communication? I'll tell you that next. So say you've had a little argument. You've made your peace. You've said things. Your partner heard you. No one is, you know, so heated. Everything is calm. You've taken the distance, the time, and you want to make sure you've been understood and you want to talk about it next. So what is the constructive way to end an argument or a difficult conversation, is to find a compromise. The answer for any of our relationships are always in the word compromise. It's not, you're right, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, you're right. That's the first step. Second step is for both of us to say, okay, how can we make it work for both of us? The beautiful word, compromise. Keep that in mind. And you'll have very constructive conversations in the future. Uh, you call the new questions are next, 855 905 8255. You have a question for me, 855 905 8255. Bonjour, Suzanne. Uh,
4: bonjour, Simon.
1: Bonjour, bonjour. Welcome to the rendezvous. How can I help you tonight?
4: Thank you very much. I have a question about. Um Just difficult living situation my boyfriend and I have been living together for a year he moved in to my place and it's really small but it's been working out all right so far Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like the honeymoon phase is kind of over and we both work from home and we recently adopted a dog and it's just been like tensions have been high and I can't really afford a separate workspace but I know he can um i just don't know like how do you ask someone to like not move out but move their work out
1: i see um what's stopping you from this conversation with him
4: i don't know it feels slimy to me to be like hey we need to talk this isn't working
1: is it slimy or is it healthy to have a conversation that can be constructive if we look for Mm -hmm. solutions that are fair to both
4: I hear Yeah, I'm hearing what you're saying. Um, I don't know why I'm feeling so much resistance to it. Um, so
1: let, let's try to figure out the why. So what do you th- do? You think because this is just the top of the iceberg, and there's other things that he does that gets on your nerves?
4: Well, there are other things, but yeah, I guess I'm a, I'm afraid it'll open up a whole can of worms. I mean, we have been living together really nicely, and I love our place. I just don't know how to say it without it sounding selfish and like I'm kicking him out. You know, even though I am well, we're living together, I'm not kicking him out. It's just work.
1: Exactly. So, you remember you started this phone call saying the honeymoon phase is over. Yeah. Right? Right. And so there's less passion, less romance, less ulala, less all of that, right?
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because you guys spend too much time in that place together. You both work there. So if you guys want to save your relationship and it's in your hands, Suzanne, you have to open up that conversation in a good constructive way. I think yeah. you know, we spend too much time together. I can afford to do this. Would it be okay with you that you move your work outside of home since you can and I have to work there for now? But I think it would help us tremendously to beat and fight monotony and the routine that is you know, kicking in in our relationship.
4: Whew, okay, <laughs> we're gonna do it. <laughs> I'm gonna. Try. All right.
1: So try, Suzanne. Try when you feel it. Okay. So don't rush it. Yeah. It's not gonna be that upset. If I was your boyfriend, I would not take it yeah. bad because I'm sure he feels the same monotony than you yeah. do. Okay.
4: Yes. Thank you. This is. I kind of I felt like I knew what you were going to say, but it was what I needed to hear. <laughs> <And> so,
1: <laughs> that's what I'm here for, so Suzanne. It's a good thing. And thank you for your call. Good luck to you and have a good night.
4: Thank you. Thank
1: you. Bye. Ooh, i got to go to my email next because i got somebody who's growing feelings for a friend and he doesn't know what to do now. So I'm going to help him next. You're listening to The Rendezvous and you have a question for me, but you can't dial in. Remember, you can always send me a question at therendezvousshow.com and I'll get to it. Trisha, what's going on with Forrest and his friend?
0: All right, so Forrest says, bonjour Simon Marcel. <laughs> bonjour Forrest. Once upon a time, I met this beautiful young woman, amazing in every way, so I asked her out. We went out and she realized that she was not attracted to me, so we remained friends. She is the absolute best friend a guy could ask for, and I've been doing my best to move on. But I have found that I cannot find anyone else attractive, except for her. Every time we spend time together, I fall for her a little more. She's my only friend and the best friend I've ever had, and I don't want to lose that. So my question is this, what can I do to move on without removing her from my life?
1: That's a good question. When you start falling in love with a friend that is not falling in love with you, what can you do to keep the friendship alive? That's next. So say you fall in love with a friend that is not in love with you. What maybe you should do is be honest with yourself and ask yourself that difficult question. Why am I attracted by rejection? Because you're now attracted to somebody who doesn't want to be with you romantically. Now, I understand it's a friend, but I think that for you, she will always be more than a friend. But for her, you're just a friend. So you've got to either accept this fact and ask yourself, can I enjoy this friendship without suffering or pretending I'm not suffering? Or you've got to end this friendship for now, find yourself a girlfriend, and maybe later on, when you have your own romantic life, be friends again. But most important is not to lie to yourself forest, to her or anyone, but you owe yourself the truth and ask again this question, why am I so attracted by somebody who doesn't want to be with me? Trust me, that will help you find peace. Thank you so much for the email. I hope that helps you. You call that next on The Rendezvous. A love story is like a good book. It's meant to be shared on The Rendezvous. So call me 855 905 8255. Bonjour, Ursula.
0: Bonjour, Simon.
1: Bonjour, bonjour. You have a romantic story you said you'd want to share with us tonight on the rendezvous.
0: I do. Uh, Today is my parents' 52nd wedding anniversary. Oh, wonderful. Um, And I I just love how they, like, originally met. Um, My dad saw my mother on the street when they were eight years old and gave Mm -hmm. her an orange. They lived in the same neighborhood, and they were there, but they they didn't really know each other. But he just gave her an orange, and then um, of course they didn't start dating until they were like teenagers. Uh, mm-hmm. But once they started dating as teenagers, that was it. Uh, they got married when they were like twenty. My mom was twenty, my dad was twenty-one, and they've been together ever since. So I just I think it's just such a heartwarming little love story.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. Now, your parents, how are they going to celebrate this anniversary?
0: I don't know. We threw them a huge uh party for their 50th anniversary, so I think anything anything outside of that is going to be uh, pretty tame. So they usually go to dinner, um something, you know, like a show or something like that. So they're in their 70s now, so it's going to be pretty tame.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I get it. But I love the story that starts by your dad giving her an orange. I mean, that I know. Right? I mean, he I listen known-
0: something even at eight years old he had to have seen something in her to just give her a a piece of fruit
1: (laughs) it's nice listen I don't know if that would work for me if I did that to a stranger if I brought an apple an orange but I might (laughs) I I might take a dare after this if I see somebody at the supermarket here's an orange what is your name something like that all right I don't know if it
0: works in today's climate anymore but but in their time it works
1: It works. An orange. I won't forget this one next time I buy an orange. Thank you so much, Ursula, for sharing and congratulations to your parents.
0: Thank you so much, Simon. Have a wonderful
1: evening. You too. Bonsoir. Bonsoir,
0: Simon.
1: Talking about love. Have you ever said, I love you to someone and they didn't say it back? Let's talk about that next. So I got a question for you. Have you ever said, I love you to someone and they didn't say it back? Right? Have you ever been in that situation? I wanted to know how many people did that. So I had this poll on my social media, at Rondeville Radio. And thank you for voting massively. I always appreciate that when you do. Here are the results. 79% of you said, yes, I have said I love you to someone, and they didn't say it back. Oh. And 21% of you said, nope, I never said I love you to someone, and they didn't say it back. And I am part of the 79% because I've said two times in my life, I love you and that didn't say it back. But that's okay. Who doesn't dare, doesn't leave. Thank you so much for listening to The Rendezvous tonight. Thank you so much for being with me, tuning in. And on that note, I wish you une bonne nuit.
0: The Rendezvous with Simon Marcel.